0: Hey podcast, this is the Johnson City Small Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McKinney. Thanks for joining us today. Today is just a compilation of some notes that I took this week uh, through conversations uh, with our team, through conversations with some of the leaders uh, that I have the privilege of associating with. And so one of the things I'm, I'm looking at and, and I've got notes on is, is that um, I, I wrote down that we must ask the question before someone else determines what it looks like. And and what I'm talking about is is our business. And if we just continue to go through day-to-day and we don't become the definer of change, then um, if we don't decide, then we're just going to be the reactor. Because change is inevitable. What the change is, is not always inevitable. Because if we are the proactive person in the market looking towards the future and asking the question of what do we want this to look like uh, ahead of time then we become um, the innovator in the market uh, very few people wake up and say let's hit something right um, as leaders in industry that's that's our role the industry is all about... Customers and and consumer value, Um, you know, has has your company said we will offer value directly to the consumer? Um, We all have employees, and we all um, have folks that we work with. What is the value that we are directly giving to the consumer? What is the value proposition going forward? What is the value proposition? to our employees. Think about that one. Another thought that I've been thinking about is is organic growth versus disruptive growth. And and how do you transition from just organic thinking to disruptive thinking? And the the notes that I've jotted down are that you ask a big enough question that changes how we currently do things. So transitioning from organic thinking to disruptive thinking, it's asking a big enough question that changes how we currently do things. And and this really comes back to um, personal growth of owners of companies and of entrepreneurs because the path of our business really mirrors the personal growth of the leaders in the business. Um, another thing I've been talking to some folks about this week is is just um, if, if you stop working to double your income you will find your dollars at risk. If you are not fighting to be better every day, if you do not work to um, push the envelope, it, it just naturally goes backwards kind of goes back to organic thinking results in organic growth and i've heard it said you know sometimes you're um succeeding so slowly that you're actually failing and that could be the case here Uh, my challenge is to let's go have some fun let's challenge the world um Life is, is, is lived at the highest level when, when we never settle, right? Um, rank, your, rank your business, rank your life on a scale of 1 to 10. Um, when you're talking about business, it is um, $1 million net profit to you makes your business a 10. Um, and when you look at life, just go to The One Thing, the book, The One Thing, or, or go to the one thing.com website. And there's a great visual illustration of uh, the seven circles um, of life. And, and rate those circles and see where you are uh, on a scale of, of one to 10. Um, because at the end of the day, we're, we're really just competing with ourselves, right? Um, the reason why... We have more is because we are getting all that we can out of each day. And on the flip side, the reason why we may not have more is because we're getting all we can from our current value proposition. The market judges us. And and it says, I will give you... Um, this many employees, I will give you this much revenue. I will give you this big of a business, based on your value. And so then the question becomes: Do you have the right value proposition for your market? Right? What's your compensation look like to your employees? What is your value consumer to to your clients? What is your office location? What's your build out look like? Who are your leaders? Who's your CEO? Who's your top? top-level people that you have alongside of you. What what training and, and coaching do you have to offer? Uh, big, big, big now is technology. What technology do you offer? Um, I recommend Platform Revolution to listen to or, or to read one of the um, books that is instrumental in, in opening up A lot of minds as far as where we are and where we're going and uh, what is happening with technology. Who's your board of directors? And I probably already said it, but most importantly, what's what's the value that you're bringing to the consumer or to your clients? Because there are a million ways to be average. There are not a million ways to be successful or to be rich. And at the highest level of business, all businesses look the same, right? We talk about it: systems, models, technology, and people. If you're hitting all three of those consistently, um, you're doing it right. And and the um, the um, the the challenge is that. Um, the mentality of are you going to give them a fish or teach them to fish, right? Are you going to give your employees a lead or are you going to teach them to generate one? Because this comes back to if you control the lead, then you control the business. If you can generate the lead and control the lead, then you can replace anyone in the business to control that lead. When it comes down to to being a leader and teaching people to fish or giving them a fish, that's where business starts to separate itself from a mediocre business. And I say that in that um, if you can teach your people, how to generate their own leads in business. Yes, they may then say, Oh, well, I can do this and I can go out and, and do this better. Great, right? Let's add to the market. And if you teach them how to do that and you teach them uh, about productivity and you teach them um, how to be successful, every three to five to seven years, you're going to, you're going to, be forced to present your top people with opportunity. Because if not, they're going to look up and go elsewhere. I I think the the perspective of needing other people to lose in order for us to win um, cannot be an underlying theme in a successful business. We've got to be innovative in thinking that we cannot evolve or we cannot partner with these folks to give them the opportunity because in our world, if we want the best people around us, right? We just talked about on a scale of one to 10, who's around you and who's your CEO and who are, who's your board of directors, who's helping you run your business. If you don't want 10 plus on the rating scale of people then you're not going to be a 10-plus business, right? And so it takes opportunity for those people where you have to be able to create an opportunity big enough in your world that they can get everything that they desire to have. Because you may be a leader, but you're really a servant. And... Servant leadership comes down also to training and coaching and consulting and mentoring, right? However, real quick, what's the difference between these words? You know, you can mentor anyone in any industry. It's kind of like babysitting. You know, you take care of it for a little while and you um, mentor them and, and then you give them back, right? And it's at the lower end of effectiveness because people do this because it requires the least amount of preparation, right? Show up, yeah, I'll, sure, I'll mentor you for a little bit. Um, you know, hang out with me for the day. That sounds great. Consultants, consultants have models for how things work, and they consult to those models. If you don't have a model that you're consulting to, then you're just mentoring. Um, as a consultant, you understand how the world works. You consult a certain industry or, or maybe even just consult generally because you can say, you know what, there's all kinds of models. We've talked about a lot of models this season. There's all kinds of models that I can help you to grow in your business. Then that would be a consultant role. And then there's the coach, right? As servant leader coach, that's an added element of accountability because what a coach does, a coach internalizes the accountability for results. Think of all the coaches that you've had. And think of when you lose the game or when you're not succeeding as an individual athlete, it tears that coach apart, right? Because they have an added element of accountability. Because the coach actually cares about the outcome and feels responsible to it, right? If we're not getting the results that the coach wants, then we have to change the outcome. And at the highest level of succeeding at life, it takes a coach. right? Even these PGA golfers, the best in the world, they have a coach. Some of the most successful business owners I talk to weekly or monthly, or yearly have a coach. So in in a lot of roles in companies or in entrepreneurs who are running small businesses you play all three roles. And ultimately you end up being a professional business coach for the people you hire as you move them from brand new employee to eventually Maybe they're running your company one day as CEO. Because as these individuals go from brand new employee and you're mentoring and you're consulting and then you're coaching, um, it's also important to create um, opportunity for them. And if you're going to build a massive business um, with more than a couple of employees, more than a small group of employees um, you're you're essentially going to be building um, for lack of a better term a, a mega church right and I think we can learn a little bit from some of these mega churches because if you if you go to that church and and by the third time you don't know two or three people by name and and they don't know you by name I, i've seen it people don't come back right uh, we've been there and done that churches are recruiting and and if they they get you there they know that statistically if you don't know two people by name you're not going to feel connected and you're just going to walk out and and try the next one and so at some point if you haven't made that personal connection you're going to walk out and and really as you scale your business as you grow your business that's essentially what you're doing you're building a mega church and you can make it personable if you choose for it to be. How many, um, how many subgroups do you have? If there, are, if there are more than twenty-five, thirty people in a group at a at a mega church, they split the group so people can't hide. You know, you may have a thousand people at your company. You can get extremely big, and yet your competitors don't think about it that way. You can have a thousand employees thriving and changing the community and they just see it as a huge company and yet the people inside the walls inside your mega church, inside your company think no, I mean, really a thousand people work here. What are you talking about? You know, you know, I'm I got a great group of friends that that I talk to every day. I think when When you do that, that creates an opportunity for people to feel connected with a small group of people yet continue to help your business thrive. Um, Because maximizing sales production is maybe not the goal of every business, right? What if it's helping people thrive and changing the community? One last piece on... being an entrepreneur, notes that I have. The path from doing it all, solo entrepreneur, to doing nothing, call it a seventh level CEO, is leverage. All you have to do is master two things, generate leads and higher leverage. An entrepreneur sees everything that needs to be done. And they say, golly, I mean, that's just overwhelming, right? From your seller systems. And when people come to buy something, um, what are we what are we going to help them do? What systems are we gonna have in place? Of course, we've got lead generation systems and database systems and and our budgeting and our customer care and you know, how do we market? Um, how do we work our customer through the uh, sales funnel? Um, there's so much coordination to be going on. Um, an entrepreneur sees, sees all that. And the reality is that we are rarely the best at more than one or two things. And so, to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to be great at lead generation and finding clients. That's it. Lead generation and finding clients because your, 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 your database is your business. taught a class on that last week. And if you're a master at generating leads, you will have enough success to then hire people. And that goes back to hiring leverage. Generate leads and hire leverage. One more thing about money. Uh, I had a couple conversations this week about money, and, and some of the notes that I took is that money has rules. And if you play by the rules, you make money. You know, when you look at the Forbes 500, it did not come from a job. Genuine wealth comes from a business you have ownership in or in real estate. Your job is not your wealth. So, so read this book or listen to this book too, Keys to the Vault by Keith Cunningham. If you don't know Keith Cunningham, man, uh, this is a great time to get to know him. In uh, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Keith Cunningham is the rich dad. Um, Keith Cunningham is the guy they bring out to talk about the money at the Tony Robbins events. Two more things. Let's get back to talking about our clients and talking about technology. I probably could have talked about this earlier. Our end game in technology has to be the consumer. If you can give your consumer a consumer app and a browser experience online that is best in class, that will manage their uh, transaction with you from the time that they buy and own and then sell, and you give your employees or your clients the ability to provide a one-on-one relationship through artificial intelligence and through data. Then you'll be able to put a dollar value on a database for your employees, right? If you're selling cars and first day on the job, somebody says, I've got um, 100 people in my database, you can put a monetary value on that. Because if you have the technology to have that one-on-one relationship and you have the artificial intelligence and the big data, go read Platform Revolution, like I just said, then you're going to be able to put a dollar value on a database, and we know that the size of our database determines the size of our business. And finally, one of the things that uh, we are really um, looking to do in our company and in the companies that, that we talk to is creating moments. And the notes that I have around that are that people remember the high point, the low point, and the ending. And in particular, how you made them feel and how they felt during the high point, the low point, and the ending. And so maybe today you look at your systems and your processes and you think, how can we create amazing, memorable experiences at the high point, the low point, and at the ending. Guys, sorry, this is a long um, monologue. Uh, just wanted to put some uh, content out there for um, the conversations that I've been having this week, and uh, I hope it will be of benefit and of value to you. Uh, special thanks to Market Street Media and the great Leighton Heart and all they do for us at our podcast. This is the Johnson City Small Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McKinney. Until next time, make it a great day.